0: Welcome back to the Policy Viz Podcast. I'm your host, John Schwabish. Happy holidays, everyone. I hope you'll find some time to rest and relax and unplug over the next couple of weeks and recharge for 2020. This is the last podcast for 2019, and I'm very happy to have Mike Morrison on the show. Mike is a graduate student at Michigan State University, and he has started a movement to improve the way people create posters for academic conferences. If you've never been at an academic conference or have never seen an academic poster, uh, it is worth a couple of minutes of your time to do a quick Google search because a lot of them are not great. A lot of them are packed full with lots of text, 3D bar charts, 3D exploding pie charts. Uh, A lot of the things that we in the data viz community would not really appreciate in terms of good data communication. But Mike has taken it upon himself to try to help people improve the way they present their information, their data, and their research through the poster medium. So I'm excited to talk to him on the podcast. Uh, before we get to that interview, just a couple of notes to uh, close up the year. Uh, first off, if you didn't see, I have a new book coming out. Uh, it'll be released in early February. It's called Elevate the Debate and it is uh, authored with uh, members and colleagues of the Urban Institute Communications Department, and I'm really excited to have that book coming out. It helps researchers and analysts go all the way through the communications process of how to get their work out there to people who need it and who can use it. So we talk about how to create strategy, we talk about data visualization, we talk about presentation skills, how to write blogs, how to use social media effectively, how to talk to reporters, and how to put all that together into a communication strategy. So I'm really excited to have that book coming out in just a few weeks and I hope you'll check it out and uh, leave a review on Amazon or just let me know what you think about the book. And of course, if you are interested in supporting this show, uh, please do head over to my Patreon page or just head over to my PolicyViz shop where you can check out new DataViz inspired holiday cards, thank you cards, postcards, there are t-shirts, there are games, there are posters, and there are more uh, things there for all the data viz folks in your life. Um, and if you would just like to leave a review of the show, that'd be great. Uh, check it out on iTunes, on Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places where you can listen to your favorite podcasts. So I hope you'll have a great new year. I hope you have a great holiday season. So until... Uh twenty twenty. Uh, this is the Policy of This Podcast and here is my interview with Mike Morrison. Hey Mike, how are you, friend? Hey John, pretty good. How about you? I'm doing well. It's a Monday morning, so you know You're right. to, Not trying, like still trying well. to wake up a little bit. <laughs> <Ditto>. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, all's good. Uh, how are things by you?
1: Uh, pretty good. Um, preparing to uh, fly out to Philly for the first big data collection for my uh, Better Poster stuff. We're gonna
0: nice.
1: test it at a live poster session.
0: Okay, cool. I want to I want to talk about that. Cool. Uh, I want to talk about all the work you've been doing with the posters and uh, the Better Posters uh, hashtag that keeps popping up all the time on my Twitter feed. Yes. Um, maybe we can start by having you just give a little background for folks so they know where you're coming from, and then we can talk about why you got into creating better posters and all the ongoing work that you're doing.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, so quick, quick life story. I guess I was a uh, UX designer and web and web developer for about 10 years, got really burnt out of my job, quit my tech career to go back to school, to get a PhD in work psychology um, where I'm where I am now. So hopefully I have about a year left of my PhD. Um, and then uh, when I was completing my PhD. Like I started getting frustrated with a lot of the user experiences of science, including the poster, which is like, you may not know this, but posters are actually, I think, by quantity, the biggest medium of, of science dissemination, even above paper, mm. papers, um, just by count quantity, I think. I've heard that, I've heard that it's said in the paper, but they're very big. Um, and uh, so everybody uses – basically, scientists try to communicate tens of thousands of findings every year through posters. They all use the same template. So my idea was, well, if we can improve this default crappy template everybody uses – even by a little bit, any gains in efficiency of knowledge transfer, since everybody uses it, would have these massive ripple effects across all of science and kind of speed up the scientific system. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, I introduced a, a new layout, a new sort of default proposal for um, scientific poster layouts. I made a, like a cartoon about it um, early, released earlier this year. And I expected to be sending it to people for years and bothering them and trying to get them to look at it. And instead it exploded across science in 24 hours. Right. Um, and then people started using it. People started uh, using the design and the, and now a uh, better poster is a thing and it's becoming increasingly um, sort of a standard alternative to the traditional wall of text uh, scientific poster.
0: So can you talk about the, the template that scientists are using? Because when I go to social science conferences there are also lots of, of posters, obviously, but they don't seem to be using a particular template. They seem to be fairly de- – I mean, they they all <laughs> seem to be very dense with the words mm-hmm. and the 3D bar charts and all that stuff. But, like, they don't seem to follow a particular template. So is that different in these various scientific fields?
1: I think templates maybe not the most precise word. I think um, sort of approach is probably a better word. Mm. Um, I probably should use that. But, like, I think basically when you – there are some common elements, right? Like you want your – that you want, but people put like, you know, the giant title of a top and below that, the second most important thing in science, which is your lo- long list of author names is the second biggest priority in right. the hierarchy for most posters. Um, And then they sort of, next thing they do is they try to say, okay, I've got this very complex dense paper. How do I get everything in this dense paper onto this poster in the same format. So they'll have like yeah. an intro section and they follow the same format as a scientific paper. You have like an intro, a methods, results, discussion, and it flows like that. And there'll be some variation in where people put that, which is actually a problem because if there's variation in it, then you have to learn the layout of every poster, which takes resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's generally the approach is they're trying to condense everything in their paper onto a poster and what that ends up looking like is like imagine driving down the highway and seeing billboards with like paragraphs all over them like and you're just not yeah. getting anything and so it's it's a medium if you look at how movie posters are designed and actual posters are designed they're very minimal. Um I was once like printing out a, a poster at like a Kinkos or something. And, um, I was, it was one of my better posters and the, the girl printing it out was like, huh, this doesn't look like a scientific poster. Normally I was like, <laughs> what are they? And I was like, I was like, what do they normally look like? She's like, just covered in text. And I was like, and what do other posters look like for actual like poster venues? And she's like, well, yeah. like, you know, imagery in a couple words. So I was like, yeah, exactly. So right. like, uh, yeah, it's just very, it's, they're not, they're designing posters like papers more than they are designing posters like posters.
0: Yeah, so I mean it's an interesting quandary, right? Because at a lot of conferences that I go to, um, what they usually have is a session for posters and they'll have the author standing next to it. So it's a
1: crappy presentation.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Like, and so I wonder I would guess that most people who would push back on this mm-hmm. would say, "Well, you know, I need to have all the detail on there because I want the the reader to be able to find all the subtlety and nuance and detail, which is Absolutely. what researchers always think. Right. Um, and now they take the same approach with their slides, which of course we could talk about too. Yep. But do you view the fact that people are reading these posters is a different medium than like a presentation?
1: poster uh, posters different from a presentation? Yeah. yeah. I, I think – the people assume people are going to read more than they do, and uh, I think that's yeah. the the largest mis like bad assumption that scientists make when they make these posters is that people are going to stand there reading them in silence for ten minutes. And what really happens is you walk by one, you desperately like sort of just ask the person, and then you go up to the presenter and you just ask them to explain everything, right? Right. Um. And like almost, I suspect that, and I think the the research on posters supports me on this that very little poster content is actually read. And so I think there's this there's this misconception that I think beginner designers often have that like everything you put a in the poster gets read, or everything you put on the poster gets in the attendee's brain, right? And if that right. was true, you'd want everything on there, and it's so important. And like, like you said, in science, you're so trained that leaving something out is like lying by omission, right? Like, if yeah, you don't put it on there. Right. How are they supposed to know you did it, right? When, right. like, when in reality, like there's a threshold to people's attention spans, especially when they're trying to process a room full of 50 posters, right? Um, and that threshold's very, very low. And so right. and, if, and if, if your poster content goes over that, people will just ask you to explain it. And so like the most mm-hmm. common phrase you hear in poster sessions is like, so tell me about your poster. And that's like, they're just asking for a summary because it's easier to ask you than to try to read this thing. And so it's really like that question of like, if no one reads it, why put it on your poster? And like, I think people like they don't realize how little content is actually used. Whereas a designer yeah. kind of approaches it as like, if it's not actually used, you don't it doesn't belong on the poster, um,
0: even
1: right. though it makes you feel it makes you feel better to put it on there.
0: Yeah, right, right, because yeah. you need everything on there all the time. Right, exactly. Um, that's, that's, right. That's, that's good so- science. yeah along with the posters do you also talk to people about how to do that little summary that little elevator pitch so when someone comes up to you and says tell me about your you know you're standing in front of your poster and they say tell me about your research when you're talking about designing better posters there's obviously the second part of it which is the researcher standing there and have to give this 30 second one minute little summary have you talked to folks about that and how they can improve doing that aspect of the presentation so actually
1: i kind of think that that Problem of having you like an elevator pitch, people asking you a summary is almost like a—it's uh, a symptom of like the disease of bad designs. Because if people mm. are coming up to you and they're being like, "So, tell me about your poster." What that means is they have no idea what's on your poster, and they're asking a right. the general question, right? And your poster literally did no work for you. It prepared them not at all to, for anything, right? Yeah. Um, and I think when you use a better poster, which which we'll probably talk about in a second, I've noticed that if you teach somebody something before they walk up, like if your poster actually does some work for you when they walk up, they won't ask that they won't ask like for a general summary or what I've also had people do is just start ranting about the subject they picked out of my title. Um, And so like, they Uh won't do that. They'll ask a specific question. Like they'll be like, Oh, did you consider like, like I had one of my one of my better posters where the finding was like people uh, who find their work meaningful like uh, identify or like speak more using identity language and this guy came up and he was like oh did you consider collectivist cultures that was the first words out of his mouth did you consider collectivist yeah. cultures not tell me what you did tell me everything but a very thoughtful specific question and you'll when you provide a stronger information scent you'll get Better questions like that, and most people, a lot of people, who are using better posters. Report that they report much deeper conversations. So I think you, should, if you're giving elevator pitches and people asking you these generic summary questions, your poster's not doing anything for you. Your yeah, poster should that's at least what, that, lead them.
0: Yeah, that's really that's really good. So so let's talk about your your poster designs. So you have a particular design that you've developed, and uh, people are always obviously, obviously using it. And I'll, I'll link to the uh, the hashtag on the, on the show notes, but can you talk about the overall design of the poster template that you have and also how you developed it and why you went in the direction that you did?
1: Sure. Um, so I, and the real backstory behind better poster is I wasn't like, there are a lot of inefficient communication mediums in science. Um, really like there isn't a lot of design in science. Um, um, and so I think I, I saw that coming in as an ex designer, um, and I didn't really care. I was, like, I was like, that's frustrating. It's annoying, but like, I got my career to think about, like everybody, right? Um, and then I got a really bad health scare. And I think if you've ever been in that position of waiting on science to fix you or, or knowing somebody in your life where you're just, you want science to hurry up, um, I think it's a terrible position. And if you know, if you're in science and you know how inefficient it is for stupid reasons, like, it's even more frustrating. And so the right. poster was really me trying to like address a low hanging fruit, just be like, you know what? I could speed up the whole system if I could just do a better PowerPoint template than these people are using, right? Um, It doesn't even have to be perfect, just like better than the wall of text, which is a really low bar because I mean, scientists, they're very brilliant people, um, but like they don't have design. Like a lot of them, like very few of them have any sort of design skill. They're just beginners at design, as brilliant as they are at curing cancer or whatever, right? And so they right. make all the mistake beginners make. So really like an intern at a UX company could improve most scientific posters. But um, that was sort of the motivation behind it. And then it um, was there something easy I could fix. I can't fix publishing. Maybe I could take a crack at posters. And then I, the, mm-hmm. the poster layout itself is like um, – It's sort of like a TV with speakers on the side. So in the middle, you have like your main findings stated in plain English, and then you can use imagery and graphs and things to back that up. And then if the person wants more detail, they can skim a sidebar where you have sort of a tight like one minute summary of like your intro methods and results um and they can and people call that like the introvert bar because it's like the opposite from where the presenter is standing so you can kind of keep your personal space and like skim the sidebar yeah. um and then if you want to engage the presenter then the presenter has a, bo- a sidebar by them called like the ammo bar of a cheat sheet where they can point to things they need for presenting um and if you want even more information than that then there's a qr code you can scan and get a copy of the whole paper mm-hmm. um and it really was just sort of it wasn't meant to be like the perfect end all template it was just sort of be like here's an example of how we could use UX principles to, you know, transmit knowledge a little bit better. Here's a default you could build from um, using right. the principles. So that, that I guess does that cover it? Or?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, I, and I'm curious. So um, I, I love this idea of, of you know building the poster so the the presenter or the the I guess presenter would be the right word uh, knows where to stand. So I was curious about why putting it in the center um, and I, the the big headline box part is in the center Mm -hmm. and uh, from what I gather that's because you want people to be able to gather on the the edges as you get the more information is that right
1: yeah I think I I think so and I think it was um It's based on just like looking at how people used posters. Like I saw, I would see people like pointing to things right by them. And then there's, there's a big like awkwardness factor in poster sessions. Right. So like when you go to a poster session, like, like the person standing next to the poster has this sort of like bubble around them that if you go in that bubble, you're going to have to engage. You're going to have to talk to them for five or 10 minutes. Right. And like, you're just like, you want to kind of engage a little bit more with the poster, but maybe like just like not quite fully engaged yet. And there's also the case of like, you'll be like, if the presenter is talking to somebody already, normally what you have to do is you have to wait on them to finish or wait on, yeah. wait on a new like elevator pitch because you can't read the poster. It's too overwhelming. But with mm-hmm. a better poster, the idea was you're standing far away anyway. You could just sort of skim their sidebar while they're talking and read the details. Um,
0: right. It,
1: so that's, that was the idea.
0: Yeah. That's really interesting. So have you gotten any main complaints about how to make the actual poster? I wonder in particular, like, some people say I don't know how to make a QR code. Like what? what oh, are the, yeah, yeah. What, yeah, yeah. Like what are the pain points people find? I mean, it's a pretty sure. simple layout, but, it's but really I'm sure, layout. especially among academics, there are lots of pain points. I'm just curious what they are.
1: Sure, yeah. I think that the, you hit that. Like the QR codes, like definitely been the biggest barrier. Sort of like I think um, at first people were like, no one's going to use the QR code. Like you know, who, like nobody knows how to use them. It's like well, we haven't had yeah. a use case for it. There has been no reason to to learn. Yeah. And now you're seeing it more. People are like, okay, I get it. I just point my phone at it. Um, I think creating the QR code is probably the, the really the biggest barrier. It's just sort of like you go to the site, put in a link, understanding what it is, how it works. Um, And it really is like the least important part of the poster. A lot of the better poster design features, including the ammo bar, were really just me saying – Get your need for like just complete comprehensiveness and like over detail out of the way using the Mm ammo bar and the QR code so that you feel like you're you're free to focus the rest of your poster, most of the poster's real estate, on like communicating very efficiently because you've gotten your insecurities out of the way. So the QR QR code's kind of a catch-all, but uh, yeah, that's been a barrier. me think of what else i think it is a dead simple layout like i I think it's funny that like there's been parodies of it right on twitter and things and it's like well if you can parody it it's probably simple enough to you know yeah um, yeah yeah, yeah, um, right and (laughs) and so uh i don't know it's hard to answer pain points in the presentation experience and the presenting experience because i've had such good feedback on that yeah one of the things about better poster is like um it forces you to spend your time on the right things. And that was part of the idea is that like scientists shouldn't worry about like, where do I put this or how do I put this wall of text next to this wall of text? It should just be like, how do I really concentrate my research findings? How do I really condense in my, like, what I found and what I learned into something like people will actually absorb, right? Which is mm-hmm. very difficult. And like, that's where the pain comes from. Like it, yeah. really cutting right. up, you know, when you're used to splattering your paper all over a poster, forcing yourself to cut it down to like a quarter of that content is painful. It is excruciating. Right. It goes against everything you're trained to like over detail everything, right? But like, that's where learning to be a good science communicator comes from is that pain and a good designer is like really learning how to cut things um right. and, and, how to, and how to summarize and that's that's hard but in terms of creating the poster itself uh most of our surveys so far have, have have found that people rated just much much easier much much faster i've even seen one guy do it where i think he found that people people were able to create posters in something like a third of the time and spend so, their time on better things so it's much i think right. that was the secret sauce to better posters. is it's it's, it's the right way and it's the lazy way <laughs> so, if it's, if it's easy and it's better, you know, like, why not? You know, I, I yeah. knew if it was harder, they'd never do it.
0: No, right. Well, it's interesting, right? Because there's a trade-off in the time that you need to put into it. You need to put a lot more time in upfront because you need to narrow it down mm-hmm. to the core elements of the paper. Um, but it's really easy to make in the template. Um, on the other hand, um, you don't have to think that hard about what you're going to show because you're going to show everything, but then you have to worry about how you're going to get it into the actual you know, framework to actually print the thing. That's so- a great
1: way to think about it. Yeah. It's, it's flipped.
0: It's flipped, yeah. It's actually, actually, yeah. It's totally, it's totally flipped. Yeah. Um. So you have this template out, and I'm curious how you think about templates and whether they're a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, obviously you have a template, so my my guess would be you know, I sort of lean towards yeah. being a good thing, <laughs> but I do wonder whether you know there are some downsides to having the templates where maybe it constrains some creativity. So how do you think about that and, and giving people templates and then letting them branch out. I mean, you've already mentioned that it's a pretty basic template. So I would guess it's easy to go beyond that, but, but how do you think about, so. <laughs> no. yeah. Yeah.
1: I, yeah, I mean, I, I really did mean it. I mean, it's, yeah, I really, I, I really wanted to talk about this for a while because I mean, like, look, if, if you have that kind of like creative mentality, like you want, you want to see like a lot of novelty, a lot of, um, a lot of different things, a lot of variation, and I think for um, for poster sessions, like one of the things I found with with Better Poster, and this is something I learned by it being all the same, right? Like when everybody uses the same template, there's this concern that like it'll be too uniform, it'll be too boring. And I've been to a conference where it was all Better Poster, right? Like every single poster was a Better Poster, and mm-hmm. you do get that, like it's sort of like okay, they're all the same background color. People didn't re- people didn't feel comfortable enough to like really build on top of it enough yet, right? So that's the downside. Yeah. But the but the trade off is using it and I'm going to I'm going to bash templates in a second but the good thing's first are like <laughs> using a template It's a consistent location for everything. So I I didn't realize this, but I think people spend a lot of time in poster sessions learning the layout of each poster. If Every layout is different. You have to develop, you have to dedicate cognitive resources to like, okay, where did they put this thing? Where did they put that thing? Mm. Whereas if it's all the same layout, you know where everything is. And so what that does is it reduces poster fatigue, which I didn't even think about. But I I found it like the All Better Poster Conference, people were coming up to me and they were like, oh, I can, I I find myself like looking at more posters because I get worn out. Like I don't get worn out as fast. I can just keep going. Right right? So it's worth it right now, I think, to like the trade-off there, getting less poster fatigue at the expense of like a little bit less novelty, right, is 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 better, but it's not perfect. So I think the, the ultimate answer to that is what we want is we want that reduced poster fatigue and we want the engagement, the, the bigger engagement and the bigger fun you get out of all this creativity, and all these variable novel layouts, right, um, right. is where we want to go. But I think uh, in the beginning, getting people off the old way, like – I had to do a template because they're like most people, the way they design posters is they get a template, right? They get, they get basically their old poster or a poster from a senior grad student or something like that. And that is effectively a template. It's a, it's one that's local to their like program or whatever. Right. But it's just, they're just Mm -hmm. copy and pasting their own crap into this old layout that one person created. Right. I mean, a lot of times it's like the school created one or something, right. Or the the conference or something. And so everybody uses templates already because it's very easy um, and because they don't have, the design training it's very hard to start from scratch and so i think creating a template was extremely necessary to get this to catch on and to get us over that that old kind of design thinking and i or that old non-design thinking and i think that like um if you're not gonna go further if you're not gonna like get really creative and understand the ux principles right i think defaulting to a better template than the template you were using before is great um, i think uh, to your point i think where i'd like to see it go is maybe something like a, the better poster version one default as just sort of like if you're just if you if you're pressed for time and you're rushed which most grad students are just here here's something that's decent right and maybe providing yeah. a few different alternatives right maybe several different alternatives as many as i can fit in that template file um and yeah. just here's some variations try one and that's what i've tried to do is i put different mods in there it's like here's some ones you can just just grab them and go right you don't got time to worry about this. just stick your content in here but for the people right. who want to really understand and do a really exceptional job um, providing them like some guidance on like, well, here are the principle here are the, just the basic rules, you know, go nuts. And, um, and encouraging that creativity to get more engagement, um, which will reduce poster fatigue even more. Uh, yeah. That was a long answer, but I think, uh, so I guess, I guess yeah. my, the short answer would be, I think templates are a hundred percent necessary to get actual adoption, but I think long-term we really do want to see a lot of creativity and a lot of variation to get more engagement.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. Um, you mentioned a few minutes ago that you were you had done some uh, survey work, and I'm curious. Uh, you know, you're coming from a from a research background. Uh, I'm curious w- how you've thought about testing some of these hypotheses that the posters are better that they reduce fatigue. You know, have you done any work on there? Are you thinking about doing work on there? Like, where's the next step for you in in the better poster area?
1: I think. Uh... So it's two things. One is doing that formal study testing. So we've had we've had exit surveys so far, um, which we're trying. We have to get them published first before I can really talk about them in detail. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, short answer, like better posters has, has come out ahead um, of the uh, versus the old traditional wall of text. Mm-hmm. Um, Poster fatigue has not been studied formally. I did the poster fatigue thing's brand new to me. Like I, I just, I didn't even, re, I didn't even think about that being a thing until mm. I started going to more of these conferences and and getting the feedback from people using better posters. Um, ne- next from number one is doing for, the formal studies. So we've got our first big data collection this weekend at a major conference in Philadelphia. Um, our next big data collection is going to be in April, um, and we have we have a team of um, of psychologists and educational uh, researchers who are working on this, um, with me really, they're leading it. Um, I'm just of the cheerleader, but, um, they're, you know, they're, they're doing a really good job of, of coming up with like, how to measure these outcomes. And the key is like we, the exit surveys we've done so far have just been like preference, you know, like, like, do you prefer a better poster or the old design? Like why, you know, like that, that kind yeah. of, which is great, you know, but I think really right. what we'd love to get at is these objective measures. Like people report, they get more conversations, pe- more people stop at better posters. Can we make that objective, right? Like, can we get an objective count of that? Um, people report better conversations. Well, how, how the hell do we measure that? Right. Um, people, yeah. And then like, um, getting these learning outcomes like do is there really like a, a longer life for the learning you get from a better poster do you learn more from better posters which is what we want um and so those are those are our plan for the data collection and then for me it's also like creating i'm working on a sequel video to better poster right now um to really really the, the idea behind the sequel video is like to the template point like there is no such thing as one idiot-proof layout, right? Like better posting is considerably better performing and I'm more convinced now after seeing data than I was before even considerably better than what we were doing. But really like the perfect poster is going to be different for everybody and, and it's more important to teach these principles and encourage that creativity. So the, the Better Poster sequel video is really more of a lesson in user experience design for posters. And then you take it from here and here's 50 different ways you could do it, right? And right, across yeah, different right. fields. So that's what's next right. is formal study in a sequel.
0: Nice. And the formal study, it sounds like you're going to be talking to both the producer of the research, producer of the poster and the audience members, the people who are walking around talking to the presenters and then reading the poster.
1: Oh absolutely. I kinda I kinda think of it like I don't know if you've heard heard of like how Lego builds their toys, but like <laughs> I, I don't know why I think of that but like they always talk about how like like the build experience for a Lego is as thought through as like the play experience, right? Yeah. And I think I really want a better poster. Um, to be a really good build experience to have like, and and so far it's shown to be that and also be a good attendee experience. So absolutely. We're definitely, uh, we're definitely studying both.
0: Now, have you uh, just, just one last thing. And I'm curious, have you thought about creating these templates and other tools and other software tools? So, I mean, it Uh, it makes sense to me that most people, you know, probably find it easier, easiest maybe uh, to work in PowerPoint, to create these sort of things. But have you thought about trying to create templates and other tools? Like, I mean, I don't know, how many researchers are using Keynote? Probably, uh, you know, some. Um, but like our Markdown or some of the other tool, software tool, you know, presentation tools that are out there. Have you have you played around with that? I, like Google Slides might be a good example. Like, have you thought about creating these templates in other places?
1: Oh, definitely. The Better Poster template file right now already has versions that people have made in in our Markdown, in um, in LaTeX, and uh, I've got one up there in InDesign. Uh, it's been a difficult thing for me because yes is that the, you know it'd be great if we could get scientists using something besides powerpoint to design like right. using design software that's built for designing things whereas powerpoint's built for presentations um but it's i don't know how to approach it almost like I've, I've included the r markdown and the latex versions those are in the template file you can download those now um but i think i'd love to see scientists maybe at least get to like adobe xd which is a free mock-up app from adobe mm-hmm. so you don't have to pay for it that alone just getting them like a sense of like Grid and guides and alignment and things like that that are built into Adobe XD that aren't in PowerPoint as well um, would start getting them better posters just by default and helping them do these more complex like design patterns and things very easily without with a very easy learning curve. I think that'd be step one. I, I don't. Do you think it's possible? Do you think like we could like if I was like if we could get people using get off get off PowerPoint? I don't know how we'd do it.
0: I think it's it's pretty like field specific too, right? Like I think there's some fields that use SPSS primarily. There's some fields that use data primarily. Um, I mean, it seems to me, I would guess that a lot of people who are building presentation slides aren't accustomed to, at least in the academic world, or at least in economics, I should say, aren't used to building them via code. Uh, right. But there's no reason why they couldn't learn, right? And and there's a lot to be said for being able to do it in code. But um, you know, I think a lot of people at least In the fields that i work in are used to working in the microsoft office suite Mm -hmm. so um and there's nothing inherently as i've argued many times there's nothing inherently wrong with powerpoint so um but you know i i think i think just like you said you know you have these other these other platforms these other tools i mean that only serves to broaden the base of people who could use them and so inherently i think it's only a good thing because you just you get more people involved and that and part of this is just making it social you know kind of like a social network that you you know, get people to buy in; they do a better job, and then their friends start to do it. And and if they say, "Well, I don't use PowerPoint," you know, you get that little thing. You say, "Well, hey, you could go do it in our Markdown, or you could do it in Google Slides, or whatever." And I think that's only only a good thing.
1: That's that's a great point. I think that just that that sold me on it being worthwhile. That was I was trying to capture <laughs> everybody. You know, um, right? Just getting the people who already use it um, or who will is enough to to maybe start them talking about it. Like, oh, Adobe XD is free and it's actually easier. Or like, you know, R Markdown. Yeah. I think I'll try. To, I think I'll try to do that more, especially with the some of the new layouts I'm introducing in the sequel video. They won't even. I I, I doubt it'd be difficult to do them in PowerPoint. But,
0: um. Right, right. So this conversation leads me to I think now what I want to do is one one last question. Oh, sure. We can talk about this. Yeah, for a while. I know I feel like but, we can um, do two hours
1: on this stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So um, we talked a little bit about pushback that you've heard about the template itself, but I'm curious about when you talk to people who are using the template who are making posters. <laughs> Have you heard pushback that they've received no. from, no, I haven't. you know, from colleagues? Oh, no,
1: like, get, there's such a massive contrast between the feedback I get from people who have tried it and people who haven't tried it, you know, ah. uh, and it's like the feedback from people who have tried it has been overwhelmingly positive. I mean, it is true that like they're, um, they do get some pushback from like my advisor won't let me use it. Right. But yeah, when yeah, they right. use it, like, I hope the formal data shows half of what I'm seeing just anecdotally. Right. Um, and, like, yeah. and like, not just like individual using it. Like, 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 conferences will email me and be like, we rolled it out. It went amazing. Like, people loved it and things like that. Um, and then individually, people are like, my voice went hoarse, you know, from talking so much. Yeah. And like, um, and yeah, I think uh, the people who've used it. The, feed, the, the, the negative feedback people have used it has been like, you know, one guy was like, my, or I needed the, a sort of a bigger graph area, right, um, or for my city, right, or like, right. I think my conference, like, it was super, super crowded, and like, maybe like moving the finding up higher, things like that um, are like, really, like, those are very useful. Um, and then, yeah. um, they, but overall, it's been just incredible. Um, and it, yeah. It like, yeah, I hope the formal data shakes out half as good as what I'm seeing in everything else.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the study because, you know, researchers, especially when you can say, hey, here's a study that shows this thing is better. We're not just making this up. Yeah, 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 know, yeah
1: exactly. Just- I got to back it up now. Right. And like, um, right. and that'll right, be exactly. the, the final push. Right. I think is I think the funny thing, though, is that there's a lot of studies showing the old design doesn't work like, um, we're just right. like it's sort of like, OK, so like almost literally anything besides that crap. Like um, but like uh, <laughs> maybe, you know, I, maybe I did worse. Maybe I did worse than zero. Um and so like I'm actively poisoning people with this layout, but like um because <laughs> like nothing gets it on. it. If they're asking like, you know, like it to me. It's pretty self evident. People are asking you like summarize your whole poster. It means they don't know what's on it. Like it communicated right. nothing. So I'm uh, trying to beat yeah. zero. Um, But like, yeah, I think I'm hoping that if we get some data that's that's compelling, it'll convince even more people. But so far, people have been really, really good about trying it. And I think because there isn't a lot of evidence either way, um, I think one of the best things conferences can do is like just encouraging any alternative layout, forget better poster. just letting people know that they don't have to conform, I think is really powerful.
0: Yeah. And I'll I'll make one last comment on that because I just came back from a conference and the posters that often win. The, the You know, they have like a poster competition. And the posters that often win are based on the content, not on the, uh, on the view. Mm-hmm. And I am a little torn about that, right? Um, because is that what we're supposed to be judging when it comes to, you know, and maybe we shouldn't be judging at all, right? Maybe there shouldn't be a competition. But given that there is one, like, is that the right thing to judge? Or is it? how much interaction someone has had with people who are there and the people are there looking at the poster because the poster itself is more engaging.
1: That's, I would love to, yeah, we could talk more about that one because I'm getting that question, right? Because I'm starting to get this kind of yeah. question from conferences, like, look, we're trying to evolve our coding scheme for judging to, to, to incorporate, like, to encourage really, like, more better poster style layouts, right? Um, and, like, what criteria should we look at? Um, right. and I, I mean, first off, like I've seen like better poster, like plenty of people, like the first ever better poster, one best poster in the whole show. Um, and so yeah. it is still pretty uh, awarded, but I think like, um, I think that is an important variable because I've seen so many um, like amazing studies. Like and that's the worst part about this to me about people clinging to the old design is some of these like really brilliant like grad students and scientists that will have this like really like world altering altering study they'll put it on a poster that transmits no information. They'll just cover it in graphs and text and things like that. People will walk by it. You'll have 50 cancer researchers walking by the greatest cancer poster ever made and not even seeing it you know, because it's just too overloading. And it's, there's, I I wonder how many really great research study findings are just completely lost and they don't get like seen at all by the people that should see them because of design issues. And like, I think, I think how many, how many people you actually affect with your poster is a huge variable in how you do it. Right. Because if you have a brilliant study that no one reads, like, did you do a good job? Um, you did a great job on right. the study, um, but it's just a different, it's, it's an interesting question. And I think it, it probably a balance is probably the right answer, but that's kind of a cop out. Yeah. I don't
0: know. No, that's right. I think that's Maybe right. Maybe I'll email you later. We'll um, talk about some criteria. Yeah. Questions. Yeah. That'd be yeah. great. <laughs> oh, <totally. laughs> it's great. Uh, Mike, thanks so much for coming on the show. This is really, this is really great. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the, the, the research come out and whenever it does and uh, it, it, it sounds great. So thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's great.
0: And thanks to everyone for tuning in this year. I hope you've enjoyed the show over the last 12 months. I hope you have learned a lot about data visualization, about presentation skills, about using data to effectively help people do their jobs better, make decisions, and inspire others. So until next time, and that will be in early 2020, this has been the PolicyViz podcast. Thanks so much for listening.